the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome to the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood with you again this week, and I hope everyone is off to a great start this week with a beautiful Monday. We are thrilled this week as uh, we have a chance each week to shine a spotlight into what God's doing in different areas around the Bay. And this week, it is my privilege to have my friend Steve Deal back in studio with me. Steve is an author and a speaker and a pastor. He has uh, had a big influence on my life, and it's been a while since we've checked in with him. So I asked him to come into studio so we could have a chance to catch up and hear what's going on over at Friends Church in Walnut Creek. Steve, welcome back. Thank you, David. Glad to be here. Folks who are familiar with Weekends on KFAX will recognize Steve's voice. He was the host of Forgiveness Ministries. And perhaps you have uh, been to the Bass Conference, which just concluded. You will remember that Steve's taught many workshops and even the plenary sessions at Bass. And he has uh, authored uh, books about forgiveness, um, has some wonderful materials that we'll talk about this week that are available to you. He also is one of the pastors at Walnut Creek Friends Church, and I'm going to give him the rest of the time today to tell a little bit about how he came to know Jesus and um, and how he ended up in a place like Walnut Creek. You didn't grow up in the Bay Area. No, I didn't. I was actually <laughs> born in the Midwest uh, elementary school in New England. Mm. My family, we were always in church, uh, but mostly uh, Presbyterian, Lutheran, congregational churches mm-hmm. came out here. And uh, by the time I was in high school, I had actually become an atheist. Mm. Uh, remember my degrees in biology. My brother and I are very much into sciences, and um, I just kind of threw God out the window by the time I became a freshman. Uh, what I was observing in the churches I'd grown up in was they seemed to be very religious and formal, mm-hmm. but I didn't see anybody's lives being any different. It didn't seem real. It seemed like a game to me. And uh, so I just dropped the whole thing and ran away from the church and God for several years. It wasn't until I was working at uh, Mount Cross Lutheran Bible Camp during my high school years, later high school years, that I ran into some uh, people who were peers that I respected, who loved Jesus, and they accepted me. And I really needed that. I was a hurting lonely teenager like so many are uh, in need of good healthy friends and they Mm. befriended me and they were Christians so I was going to be a Christian too. Mm. Uh, They really didn't answer my theological or scientific questions. It was almost entirely a relationship thing. I was converted to Jesus through relationship. It did take another year or two and that's when my wife Becky, well she was just in high school then, (laughs) together with me. She invited me to the Walnut Creek Friends Church, and in my senior year, I came and uh, started listening to some of those messages and uh, meeting those people, and I started to understand that I really, really, really needed Jesus myself to save me from 
uh, not just hell, but from who I was as a broken, lonely person who had a lot of problems. Mm. And that's how I became a Christian. I had no idea that another, uh, what was it, uh, 10 so or so years later, I'd start pastoring that church full time. Right, right. And that's probably one of the... Um... The great mysteries is the call of God, right? We we try to examine that. And we try to look at not not just people who stand in pulpits, but um, if you're a truck driver or a school teacher or a CEO of a company, right. you have a call of God on your life. Are you doing the things that God wants you to do? Right. And that's really hard to discern sometimes in the moment. But you look back now, how many years of ministry? Over 40 years, and I would say it was in the first year when I was still a senior in high school that I started to feel God's call. And for me, I know it's different for different people, but for me, it was simply the growing realization that if Jesus was real and was this powerful and practical in all aspects of life, I couldn't imagine spending my life doing anything else than telling people about Jesus. It just mm. seemed like, for me, anything else would have been a waste of time. A waste of time, yeah. And you know what? Let's pick it up there tomorrow because we have some more to talk about and think about. And it's certainly wonderful, Steve, to have you here with us this week. And I want to make sure folks know how to get in touch with you. You can head over to forgivenessministries.com and, uh, or is it .org? Dot com. Dot com. Forgivenessministries.com. And you can find out also more about them on Facebook. You can search Forgiveness Ministries on Facebook. And you can look up Walnut Creek Friends Church. We'll talk some more about that tomorrow on the Ministry of the Week with Pastor Steve Deal. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and this week it is my privilege to be talking to pastor, author, speaker, and wonderful good friend, Steve Deal. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you, David. It's great to have you in studio with us this week. And folks who are longtime listeners to KFAX know that um, Steve had a program here on the weekends called Forgiveness Ministries. Actually, it was called Focus on That's Forgiveness. Right. Focus on Forgiveness. And you can find a lot about Steve, and you can hear those radio programs, actually, over at ForgivenessMinistries.com. You can also look them up on Facebook, Forgiveness Ministries. And uh, if you were at Bass recently, the Bass Conference, uh, Steve was there again this year. And uh, Steve, I want to take some time today just to have you share with those who don't know your story. You, you share a lot of it, what, your own story, when you give seminars. But um, how did you, in arriving in California and getting you know, your high school years, you shared about your conversion yesterday, but you actually wanted to pursue biology in, co in college. Oh, yeah. You became a biologist, yes. right? I wanted to be a, uh, a park ranger, one of the guys who give nature walks. Oh, that'd been uh, I mentioned my brother, job. too. He's He and I were buddies as kids growing up. We would catch every animal we could there you go. and try to keep it, have our own little private miniature zoo. <laughs> and so I went into biology and into environmental sciences, graduated from Cal State Hayward, it was known back then. Okay. And sometimes people ask me if, if that was a waste of time, and mm -hmm. I, I'm absolutely certain that it was not. I think God led me that path, knowing what he wanted to do with my life as a minister of the Word, a teacher of Jesus, because the same God who made the physical world made the spiritual world, mm -hmm. and he didn't change patterns. Yeah. And that's why even in the Bible we see so many stories and analogies that are agricultural or biological. Yeah. And I actually feel sorry for the city people who do not have a strong biological background. When they read their Bible, they're missing out on things. They don't feel the full weight or depth sometimes, I think, of what's being taught. Right. 
There's so such my an bio- agricultural background to it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So my biology has been a tremendous help in reading and understanding the Bible and understanding God, who is the creator of the physical biological world. It, it, it helps me tremendously. And that's one of the interesting pieces, really, is that we have a single book of Revelation. I mean, people, um, I, this kind of drives me batty, but when I hear people pitting science against faith, yeah, and uh, sometimes it's it's secular uh, or it's non-believing atheists who are pitting it against, but oftentimes, just as often, in fact, more often, I hear Christians doing it, yes. saying, oh, well, that's from the sciences, you know, but I have my faith. People find out I'm a, um, a scientist, a biologist, and they ask me, what do I do with the controversy between science and the Bible? And I say, there is no controversy yeah. <laughs> between science and the Bible. There's controversy between some scientists and some theologians. Right. But there's no controversy between truth. That's good. And even right. the Bible talks about in Psalm 19, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse declares the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech. So we in theology, there's actually, as you know, what's called the natural revelation. We right. can learn about God through what he's created. And uh, that has been a big help in my life. Well, and it's, uh, you know, we're going to talk some more tomorrow about uh, practical life transformation. One of the reasons that drew you into ministry is you wanted to see people's lives change, not just knowledge in their head, but see their actual lives begin to change. And Jesus has the power to do that. Sometimes we get so caught up in our little debates in our head. Well, okay, is the scientist right or is the theologian right? (laughs) Yes, they're both right. And they don't really fundamentally disagree because it's God's truth. Yeah, amazing. Um, Steve, I so appreciated the time that we've had so many opportunities to talk about the, the power of forgiveness. And again, I want to direct people to that that central, to me, that core truth. And we'll talk about this later this week as well. But that forgiveness is how God heals the human soul, right? Amen. This is the core motivator for your ministry. I want to direct people to find out more about that statement at forgivenessministries.com. And uh, tomorrow, Steve, we'll talk a little bit about Walnut Creek Friends Church. Would that be okay? Yes. All right. More tomorrow with Steve Deal from Walnut Creek Friends Church. And welcome back to the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and this week I'm talking to Steve Deal, who is an author, a pastor, a speaker, talks about forgiveness a lot. In fact, <laughs> that is his driving passion in life. Welcome back, Steve. Glad to be here, David. Thanks. Steve used to have a program here on KFAX on the weekends called Focus on Forgiveness. You can still hear those messages over at their website. They're downloadable. Um, it's uh, Focus on Forgiveness is the, also uh, on Facebook. You can find them there. But if you go to ForgivenessMinistries.com, you can find tons of resources that Steve has produced, um, audio, video, printed material, all about forgiveness. And uh, we're going to take some time tomorrow, actually, to dive into some upcoming events uh, for Forgiveness Ministries. But for today, Steve, if you don't mind, um, could you tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a Quaker? I think most Americans have this idea in their head that that guy on the oatmeal box is a Quaker. But <laughs> I, I have actually been standing in shorts with a Hawaiian shirt on and flip-flops, and people will ask me when they hear I'm a Quaker, do you do you wear the Quaker Oats stuff? And I go, really? You're serious? I'm in a Hawaiian do shirt? Do I look like Do I look him? like that guy? Uh, really, the essence, uh, the Quakers began in England in the uh, early 1700s. It really was, I don't know, the beginning, but... Uh, the idea that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with God Mm. through Jesus Christ. And they took that to the extreme. 
And for me, having become an atheist because of all the religious weeds that can grow up around Jesus, the forms, the ceremonies, the symbols, the candles, the robes, that turned me into an atheist because Mm -hmm. I couldn't see Jesus. I know it helps some people, but for me, it it worked the opposite direction. And to run into a group of Christians who knew God, loved God, loved Jesus, had a relationship with him, and we're not bound to the forms and symbols and ceremonies that are so accustomed to ideas of Christianity. It was so freeing to me. It was so real. It was so practical. It made God real and practical to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't stay a Quaker all the time after I became a Christian at the Walnut Creek French Church all the way back in 1975. Um, but God has always brought me back to that way of thinking. I really believe that uh, Christianity and, and the relationship that Jesus set up for us to have with his Father is not a religious one, mm-hmm. but it is very real, very practical, and it should change our lives. And, and that's in part why practicing forgiveness is such an integral part of the Christian message. And there's something that is... Um certainly um, methodological, or even you could say um, it's not ritualistic, but in your methodology of practicing forgiveness, you do uh, emphasize that uh, it's necessary to to go through these steps, which is, uh, um, if you would, um, a, it is ritual in its, in that it's it has directing, a pattern. It has a pattern There's that directs pattern. people toward the relationship, though. A pattern that directs people to certain truths mm-hmm. ab- that drive us into the relationship. And so, yes, it's still very relational. Right. It is a pattern. And um, Just like you see patterns in nature, which, yes. again, from your training in biology, yes, it's absolutely. that uh, the, the seasons follow each other, the seeds sprout and, and produce uh, the same or, kind of plant. Or as we talked about yesterday, the idea that God heals the human soul mm-hmm. when we or as we practice forgiveness, as we confess sins and receive forgiveness, as we forgive other people, as we ask people to forgive us, God is actually healing our soul from the damage that those sins cause. Time doesn't heal. That is, oh, and that's where we're going to pick it up tomorrow. Why doesn't time heal? I've heard that again and again from people. So let's uh, dive into that a little bit tomorrow. We have to stop today. But folks, if you're intrigued by this notion of uh, forgiveness and how God heals your soul, because we all need forgiveness, I encourage you to head over to forgivenessministries.com to find out more. And if you'd like some information about Walnut Creek Friends Church, you can find them online at wcfriendschurch.com. More tomorrow with Steve Deal on the Ministry of the Week. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and this week I'm talking with pastor, author, speaker, uh, what else? Biologist, <laughs> theologian, practical uh, theologian. Husband, father of six, grandfather right. of five. Talk we didn't talk about that, yes. Um, Steve Deal is with us in studio, folks. Uh, welcome back, Steve. Glad to be here, David. Thanks for inviting me. We're always delighted to have time to talk to you. And um, uh, I want to remind folks that uh, Steve's ministry has really, actually, God's brought you internationally now, speaking about forgiveness in different countries and all over America. But home is right there in Concord, Walnut. Creek area, um, and we were talking offline, and you mentioned how your ministry was actually birthed 
in a particular context there at Walnut Creek Friends Church. And I think that's so true. It doesn't happen because you're walking in the desert meditating one day and no, God revealed no. it. It happened because you were dealing with people. That's right. I was dealing, <laughs> dealing with, with people. I, when I became the full-time pastor of Walnut Creek Friends in 1986, I actually had the assumption that I would uh, be the full-time pastor there and that would be my ministry for the rest of my life. And um, I had no idea that God had another plan. But as you say, while I was pastoring, while I was counseling, I was noticing hurt and brokenness in the lives of people who had been Christian Christians longer than I had been alive even. Right. And as a biologist scientist, I wanted to know why. And I wanted to know how to help them. And, and what was... What was God going to do to see, heal them and set them free? And everything I had learned up to that point was coming short. Mm. And that's when God started to um, push me more in the direction of biblical forgiveness. And I say biblical forgiveness because there's a lot of models of forgiveness in the church today that are not biblical at all. They mm -hmm. leave God out. They leave the cross of Jesus Christ out. And so I started focusing on that, and it worked. I mean, I was getting healed. I was being free of my, uh, of my anger. My marriage was getting better. I was becoming a better father, all because I was practicing forgiveness better. Mm -hmm. And I started using that in counseling, and then it became a sermon series, and then a Sunday school class, and a two-year small group. And at some point, God pushed me and said, you really think this is just for you and your little church? This is for the whole world. And that's how Forgiveness Ministries was born. That is the entry point at which our conversation started. Like yes. God saying, do you really think that you're going to be able to get this word to the whole world without yeah. uh, some extra media that's amplification? Right. That's, you got me on the radio <laughs> for that purpose. And uh, so God's not done using Forgiveness Ministries. He's continuing to unfold that. And I know you have a upcoming seminar actually at uh, Walnut Creek Friends Church, right? Yes, our church sees such value in practicing forgiveness and helping people to do it uh, with the goal of life transformation to become like Jesus that we host um, our forgiveness seminar, Unwrapping the Gift of Forgiveness, three times a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next one is April 22nd and 23rd at the Walnut Creek Friends Church. We just will not stop teaching this. It's, forgiveness is not something you just do for a season and then move on to something else. Right. It's the foundation not just of becoming a Christian. It's the foundation of living the Christian life. I know uh, from interacting with you and different clergy, when different pastors get together, they, they just go, oh, yeah, there's Steve, the forgiveness guy. Yeah. Uh, and, that it, you know, you don't... You bear that cross well. <laughs> you don't shy away from it. I actually like that title. <laughs> but there's all kinds of other things, of course. You, I've heard you preach on a, a myriad of other subjects in Scripture. Um, but you're known publicly as uh, as bearing this gift for other people to be able to unwrap. And if you don't mind, can we talk a little bit more tomorrow about uh, sure, uh, what to. that looks like in a person's life? Yeah. Okay. We'll have some more tomorrow with Pastor Steve Deal. He is one of the pastors over at Walnut Creek Friends Church. You can find out more about them at wcfriendschurch.com. We'll have a message by Steve this Sunday at 12 noon on the Ministry of the Week Sunday message. And as always, you can hear a lot more about forgiveness by going over to Steve's site called forgivenessministries.com or look them up on Facebook, Focus on Forgiveness. And welcome back, everybody, to the Ministry of the Week. This is Dave Naderhood, and I hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday and looking forward to this weekend. As you get ready to go to worship, as you get ready to 
spend time with your family. Our challenge this week has been to think about the role of forgiveness. And we've had pastor, author, speaker, dad, husband, friend, Steve Deal, from Walnut Creek Friends Church in here in studio with us. Steve, it's been a real treat to be able to speak with you here on air. It's always good to be with you, David. You know, our friendship sort of forged out of this very same crucible, uh, some stuff I had to deal with in my life that you and I talked a lot about stuff over lunch, and I had to kick it around. As a, I'd been a pastor myself. I had taught about forgiveness. I had thought about forgiveness, and I'd fallen flat on my face and found myself unable to forgive in some areas and not sure that I could receive God's forgiveness even. I was stuck. Yeah. And you helped kind of get me unlocked. And maybe somebody listening today is in that same boat. They're, they're like, I don't know if I'd, I don't know that I could ever forgive so-and-so or, uh, or I don't think God will ever forgive me for this or that, that I've done. And I just, usually on Fridays we ask the pastor, how, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for your ministry? But just share what God's placed on your heart. You know, I, I have a similar story. I, got more into forgiveness because I saw the people in my church at Walnut Creek Friends struggling, and then I personally was struggling, not because of any big sins in my life or my wife's life, but just the little stuff that builds up in marriage over 15 years mm. can erode your passion and love for one another. And for two years, I worked on uh, trying to forgive Becky for lots of little sins and trying to uh, deal with my own sins. And like you said, I was really falling flat on my face to the point where I said to God, Lord, I don't know where I'm going to be 10 years from now. Mm. If I can't get rid of this anger, um, I'm in real jeopardy here. And so uh, I said to God, please, Lord, just I want to start over. I'm going to assume I don't know what forgiveness is. I'm going to go to your word. And as you know, I memorize whole books of the Bible and mm -hmm. I recite them. And it was because of that practice that I started to see things about forgiveness that I did not hear other people saying. Right. And that's where my life really changed and my ministry changed as well. In particular, I think in America, we, we talk a lot about Jesus dying either for the world, mm -hmm. which is true. The Bible teaches that. But because we're Americans and everything is about me, what we only hear in process is Jesus died for me. And even when we say those words, we don't feel the weight of the cost that God himself had to pay and suffer to forgive us. And when we don't feel the heart of God at the cross, we end up still condemning ourselves. It's mm -hmm. hard to receive his forgiveness. And then forgiveness, forgiving of other people gets even more difficult because, again, as Americans, it's all about me. We're not hearing, we're not preaching, we're not singing in churches today in the United States. Jesus died for the people who sinned against me. So I receive forgiveness by believing Jesus died for me. I forgive you by believing Jesus died for you. And that message is not out there. I actually have 60 Christian books on how to forgive not one of those books says mm. you forgive other people by believing Jesus died for them too. And it's astonishing that there could be so much misinformation until we really uncover the fact that, that the enemy of our faith yes. really doesn't want healing no. for our souls, does he? He doesn't. <laughs> if, if he can't stop someone from becoming a Christian, if yeah. I were Satan, there'd be two things I would target to cripple a Christian life. Keep them out of the Word of God. Mm-hmm and keep them from forgiving the people who have sinned against them. Mm. You do those two things, you can just about shut down the Christian life. Yeah, 
Yeah, they might get to heaven, but they're going to be fruitless. That's right. Yeah. And they'll be suffering and hurting their whole time here. And uh, we have to close out today, but uh, I hope, folks, if you've not heard of Forgiveness Ministries before, if you don't haven't heard Focus on Forgiveness, uh, uh, Steve's uh, Radio Now podcast, uh, uh, you can find out more about them on the site, focusonforgiveness.com. You can also uh, please accept the invitation to come and worship this Sunday with uh, Steve and the wonderful church family at Walnut Creek Friends. You can find them online at wcfriendschurch.com. And we encourage you to tune in this Sunday at 12 noon because you get to hear one of Steve's messages on the Ministry of the Week Sunday message. Until then, uh, we hope you have a great weekend. Grace and peace to you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.